nothing pulls a crowd like a good old Madonna song. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. I snuck that in on Jarrett at the very last moment so that you would catch the very end of our deep Madonna conversation. Yeah, if I had an idea for a Madonna cover band, but they're a Western band. So everything would be like bluegrass and ballads and twink guitars and steel guitars and you know, it'd be good stuff. And then you're over here dating me because I'm supposed to know because I'm old all the songs that Madonna yeah. did. I can't think of anything but the three that we mentioned. You're my token old guy. No, no, no. I, I'll say it again publicly on live. Not a, not a Madonna fan. Never was. Like a cowboy. Except for the tour in which Brian Fraser Moore was her drummer and had that dope pink reference kit. Then I was a Madonna fan. Only for that small period of time, though. A uh, tour. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome. It is Thursday. It is, are we on time? Yes. It is 6 p.m. in the Central Standard. We are here. We were supposed to have possibly a couple of guests this week, but one got a little busy, and the other is just a boo bag that is doing other stuff, even though he told me he had nothing to do today. Phil. That's right, Phil. We're calling you out. You will see this later, and I'm looking dead at you, and we are calling you out for not being here. I don't care if you have rehearsals. Who you plays said. music? Yeah. Who, play, <laughs> who, who plays who music plays anymore? Music? <laughs> D- nobody needs a drummer. All you need is an acoustic. Drum machine. Oh, and uh, <laughs> or a backing track. Yeah, <laughs> not even that. Just an acoustic and a beach bar, and you are good to go. Drummer, ah, we'll try to fit you in. No. When we can. The other singer can play congas. It's fine. That's a cajon. Oh, get you a cajon. Yeah. Any cajon players out there, ring us in the chat and let us know your favorite cajon model. Are you a minor guy? Are you a pearl guy? What pro level of the cajon mastery would you consider yourself? LP or gong bops or go home. <laughs> <laughs> Only the truest Peruvian instruments in my household. I think I'm going home. That's what I think. You're already home, home, so it's awesome. fine. Oh, you're right. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> um, go ahead and get started with the day now that we're done yelling at everybody. Uh, Jarrett, how your weeks have improved, I assume, here lately. Slowly. Other than being busy. Yeah, other than being busy, uh, slowly. Um, I did ask my boss um, to email the lady who makes the schedule. Is like, if at all possible and applicable, could you please schedule me two days back to back to be off instead of split? As the past month and a half now, going on two months, it's been Thursdays and Sundays, only days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's three on, one off, two on, one off, and I'm never caught up. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it. Rachel went through the same thing when she went from being the manager at uh, J. Crew to going to the insur- doing insurance, and she was used to having split days, and now it took it's the opposite for her. She had to adjust to having Saturday and Sunday. She actually preferred the old way because she could get a little bit done on whatever this day off was and then a little bit more done there. So, yeah, it definitely it's an adjustment, but hopefully they'll they'll be like, hopefully they'll be cool. and be like, yeah, man. Yeah. I was like, just one week is cool. Just one. It's like, yeah, this yeah. Is, let me, give me give me one real weekend to like rest and recoup and then I'll do it again for the two months. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like every two months, we're like, all right, JT gets a weekend, an actual weekend. But like, cool, thanks, awesome, high five, clear my hands, go home. You know, yep. that's, that's and all then I you're recharged do. and ready for the next bout. 
I'm sure. Is it still busy? As as all get out down um, there. Yeah, we have a sheriff's convention right now. So a lot of those guys. Yeah, um, it's still been pretty busy. Like Monday made like a hundred and something dollars. Tuesday made six five between five and six hundred dollars on a Tuesday, and I came in at six. Personally, like that's what you made. Well, so like we share all of our tips. Oh, okay. So like out of all the jackpots I did, I cleared five hundo. Nice. And then Wednesday was bad. Like last night, I made like a hundred and fifty, barely. No, I made two hundred. I'm sorry, I forgot that one lady. She hit seven thousand, and she gave me a hundred dollars. I was like, "Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate That's, it." There you go. That's proper. Yeah. I still that to this day, I still don't see how they do it. They just go into these casinos and they win thousands of dollars, and I've only ever lost in my lifetime. <laughs> Granted, I'm not brave enough to put up the money. Yeah. That is required. I don't have that kind of money in the first place, much less be brave enough to go like, sure, I'll play with $5,000. Whatever happens, happens, right? Yeah, no. I'm I'm saying I don't know how people do it, but I will gladly take your money, though. Yes, I will take your tips, and we thank you for your patronage here at the Golden Nugget. Oh, yeah. Between (laughs) that, um, had a dude in France ask me about that gold Ludwig kit. Really? Yeah, and he's he's like, I've been wanting one really, really bad. He's like, well, you ship to France. And he's like, I've, I was like, man, I, that's a long ways to go from the U.S. to France. He's like, I've worked with wood and weather drums. They're cool. If you want to, you know, do it, it's fine. I'll do the risk. I'm like, I still. What I would suggest, if you're going to even partake in this idea, this is what I did with the guy that bought the snare drum who's in Switzerland. Yeah. <clears throat> Get your quote for how much it's going to just cost to ship. And then make sure that the insurance is covered up to the amount that it needs to be covered. And make, not make, but make him pay, make him cover that. You know, so if something does happen, you're not going to be screwed. And then the aggravating part is, you know, the packing. Like, to, to go to France... Yeah, I don't. I'll have to get like a box bigger than the box that Malone sent me that kit in, just so I know that like it is padded and secure yeah. and safe. Or buy those boxes from where the you said they had the pre-made drum boxes. Yeah, because they give you like they give you a bunch of wrapping material like and making pay for that. Like making that's kind of the I think the understanding generally when it's like you know it has to go that far. It's like nah, man, you have to take all of this on you as the buyer. Like, I don't want to ship to international. Yeah. So if you want this, you have to pay the extra to make sure the insurance covered the whole amount and then this fancy box that's probably going to cost a hundred or so dollars. Yeah, because I'll have to, I'll probably have to like triple layer the inside and then bubble wrap the ever-loving fire Oh yeah. out of the rest of the kit and like... Everything has to be bubble wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, there'll be, there, there'll be no, there'll be no negative space left in that box. No, like, it'll you, be... Just like you can't even shake it, it'll just be like, "What's in the box? Who knows? It's just heavy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> like, get you some fragile stickers. Like everything would have to be done. But you know, if the guy, just like in the case of the guy that bought that snare, like if they really want it, they'll do it. Because that guy paid the extra for the insurance, and then after it was done and everything was done and shipped, it was a little bit more. And he. I didn't even really ask him. I just told him. I was like, yeah, it ended up being like 30 or 40 bucks more than I thought it was going to be. He's like, oh, what's your PayPal? I'll send it to you right now. I was like, okay. So, like, that made me feel good. 
you know, and then the shipping, the packing, and all that, like, make them, if they really want it, that he'll have no problem with yeah. that. You know, otherwise, you do like the rest of us, but U.S. only. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the chance of something. Once we have to clear customs on something, yeah. then yeah, that's a big step. I had another, I had a, a lady from a drum shop, like in the Midwest, also asked me about that kit as well. So, gonna see what she does first before I'm like, do all this work to figure out like, all right, buddy, here's the the grand total for a 1966 Gold Sparkle Ludwig. Club Chipped Day. internationally. Chipped internationally. Like once it leaves my hands, it's like GG no re. That's it. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like send me a picture when you get it. <laughs> it's like, and if it's broken. Can't really do anything anymore. It's like I'm not gonna give you back yeah. fifteen hundred dollars for a firewood. It's like I wanted to do it. It's man. doable. It is doable though. Um, but you know, you'll have to think on that and see if that's something you really want to undertake because it's a big. And I was stressed the whole time, and then it was compounded a thousand times by I was dumb enough to ship that snare a week before lockdown. And that snare drum sat in Miami for like three months. God. And then got put not on a airplane or got put on a ship in a <laughs> container <laughs> and then had to be whatever the two week journey over there <laughs> across the sea. Clear customs, make it from whatever to Switzerland. And then I remember the day when it said delivered. And I was like, oh, now like 24 hours for him to write me an email saying, yeah, the box is the box is squashed or whatever. Yeah. Nothing ever. So I was like. So, obviously, years will go quicker, but it was not a fun time in my life. And he was cool because I would email him like every month and be like, "Look, man, I've called UPS. Like nothing can move right now. Granted, the whole world couldn't move yeah. at that point. So he's like, "It's cool, man. You know, when it when things open up and things get free, it'll get here." And I'm like, "All right, I appreciate that." He was cool. So if this guy's cool, then it, yeah, he seems pretty cool. Like he uses emojis when he talks. So I think he's well. Then that it, makes you yeah, even yeah, you know it, feel better about. Yeah, he's he's pretty laid back. He's like. He's like, I'm cool with that. He's like, if you want to, just let me know. Smiley face. I'm like, okay, nice. This guy seems like a pretty nice guy over there in France, in Lyon, France. I don't even know where that's at. Lyon. Lyon. Okay. Lyon. Yeah. Lyon. Um, well, that's not the only interesting drum selling news that you have to tell everybody about. What else do I have? You oh. just told me. Oh, yeah. I got rid of the Catalina. No. What? That, yes. Somebody's interested in... Possibly some of your stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. he's waking up, guys. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I messaged uh, Nelson Drum Shop as I'm getting rid of a bunch of stuff, and I was like, "Would you guys be interested in like a catalog of all the stuff I'm getting rid of?" Like, oh yeah, for sure. Send it to us. And um, Bryce and the guy who owns the shop was like, you know, and thank you for considering us for you know doing this. I was like, of course. Well, yeah, that's what they do, you know. They're big in that game right now. So, and I know your collection, depending upon what you're letting go, I'm positive. I mean, I, I can't speak about the amount, but I'm positive for most of that stuff. They'd be like, "Yeah, we'd like to have these things in the shop." Yeah, they they're all in great condition, and all, you know, depending on what brand, Slingerland, Gretsch, they're all like yeah. must haves. So, um, that'll be cool if you end up, I guess, shipping off a bunch of stuff to. Nelson, or I don't know. I don't know if it's an easier way for them to get it from you. Yeah, because I, whatever I got rid of, like, 
All right, guys. As soon as this tech this check drops, uh, I'm gonna be buying a bunch of your agob stuff. So just be, just be as soon as the check clears, going right back to you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, we'll get to play with it afterwards. Getting to mess with those hi hats. Oh, I pressed uh, I pressed the foot pedal on it because I didn't see any sticks, even though they're right in front of me. Yeah. Um. Sounded sound. It's got a really good chick sound. So I'm happy with it. Um. So if we was it last week? Mm, yes. Last week, y'all saw. Y'all were here. Uh, we unboxed those regular exist 13 inch hi hats and they were very lively out of the box like the ride was which the ride settled down and sounds very nice now but they're kind of that same position they were like oh wow like you're a hi hat for sure and uh playing it over the weekend just i noticed just doing that toned them down a little bit but like i was telling jared i was in here monday or tuesday night and like a idiot it just kind of hit me i was like that's right i have two pairs of 13 inch exist hi-hats let's start mixing so you know the light top with the heavy bottom from the other and then the heavy bottom from one on top of the heavy bottom from the other and finally settled on the regular exist with the dark and dry underneath and i think we might have a nice little you know I have the sauce going now. Uh, we're gonna, we'll see when we get done here. You, I because I got to play with it, and obviously, you know, we talk about it all the time. I knew how it sounded here, but I was like, I need Jared here so I can sit on the couch and hear, like the regulars as they are, and then this combo, and then I think, I think we might have something nice going for sure. Well, I'm excited. Um, so yeah, that will be what we'll be doing when we get done. Um, as far as today, though, guys, remember that even though you're watching us here live on YouTube, which is obviously every Thursday at 6 p.m., schedules permitting, remember that you can find the audio version of the podcast at all of the regular platforms. You can find it at Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. Spotify. You can actually even find it on Google Podcasts, even though who in the hell uses Google Podcasts, but if you don't want to eat up your data costs and you have uh, maybe a drum project you're doing and you just need something to listen to, remember you can catch the audio-only version of the podcast at all the major podcast platforms. So, moving on to what we got to get to today, um, I don't really have anything because everything's just like in limbo, waiting on the snare. Um, I guess I could possibly... Um, show a picture of the snare in case somebody was not here last week uh do i even have nope i don't for some reason um but anyway the the pearl snare has been ordered when i go to destin on tuesday that will be two weeks and it's been a tough two it's been a tough two weeks just making it through that like knowing like man they're not even close they haven't even started they might have drilled a hole. Maybe. My, no, no. I'm like the guy that orders the prime package and then like immediately goes to the window. <laughs> it's like, where, where is it? So maybe in a month, I've told myself to just, you know, be calm. Um, but did have good luck with the, with the sticks that we did talk about last week. Uh, you didn't get to come to the juke joint Sunday. So no, I was pull, yeah, past you, you were passed out. TF. But... If you would have come, just like Phil, you would have got to play with the Vic Firth signature uh, Benny Greb sticks, which is, again, if you like an all-around general-use stick, I highly recommend it. It's just a tiny bit bigger than a 5A, 
and it's got a, a little bit longer of a taper than normal, but the rest of it's pretty standard. It's just like a thick, beefier 5A with a longer taper. Great stick for general use. And then the one that I'm really falling in love with is the Minel Stick and Brush Calvin Rogers Signature, which is basically a really long 5A. And I think it has an extra half an inch on it. Um, but it's a 5A diameter and a little bit longer in it. And it swings. I really like it. I've been using it for two weeks now, I think, and really enjoying that. So, like I said last week on the podcast, if you want to be a little crazy, you want to step out of the box a little bit. A little funky, a little fresh. You want to, you want to, you know, pow, you know, just kind of throw things around. This would be a good one to try out. I think it's a nice little wild card style stick that could be fun to use because I don't know about you. I've never found a stick that was perfect. We've talked about this before yeah. Um, as the main topic, and I don't think I'll ever find a stick that's like perfect. Unless we like we were talking about the other night, like we have a like a like a Vic Firth or someone starts doing like custom orders, like you pick your length, you pick your diameter, you know, it's all like kind of preset. Like I want this taper and this bead, and they're like, all right, cool. You know, four weeks later, you know, you got to break up them. You know, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think we're that far off because, like you said, with the pearl snare drum, like they might have drilled a hole. They see and see all that stuff now, so I would imagine, give it a, a, just a little bit of time. CNC gets even cheaper and easier to use. Why couldn't you just go on to in like Promark or VicFirst website and go to like the custom stick page and be like, here's my diameter, here's my taper, this is what the bead I want, this is, you know, do you want it, what is it, rebound or forward? Do you want it, you know, glazed or dry? Gla- yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. I would imagine we're probably not that far off. And that would be very fun when that does happen because then, like you said, well, now you got no excuse, you know. You like a 5A bead with the same taper but a really fat stick? Well, you can go make that stick Yeah, right there on the website. So I wouldn't say we're that far away from something like that. Um, I don't know what tooling they use to make drumsticks, but I would imagine at some point it would become so automated where they're like, yeah, we can make whatever you want, man. Just you got to order a brick. That's the yeah, key. Yeah. You know, we're not doing a stick for you. That's you dumb. Know, a no. pair. Yeah. You got to order a brick, which I would be like, okay, what is a what is a brick of sticks? Uh, $78, 80 something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think they're on that. I'd be like, dude, that's totally worth it, you know, and then get something personally made for me. Uh, I think we're not that far off. So, but anyway, uh, check both those sticks out. They're super cool. I've been enjoying them. If I end up seeing you this week uh, at the Juke Joint, you'll obviously get to play with them as well. Um, and even better news for all of the Legacy members. Number one, thank you to all the Legacy members who hang out with us every week. This is the guys that are in the chat, are talking back and forth with with us. And we really rely on you to kind of provide like a lot of the content of the show. So we like to thank these guys, all of you, every week when possible. And we have been trying to get your mailing addresses here lately so that we can get you your very own Bearded Drums Legacy Drum Stickers, which just came in today. And what I'm going to have you do, oh, I'll put the other one up first. Um, What these just came in today. So Jared's will be coming in pretty soon. And I got my pack and I have been getting a bunch of mailing addresses coming in. Um, Now I'll go back to this. If you see your name up on this screen and you have not sent me your mailing address, I need you to do so so I can mail this out to you free of charge. And you can send that to all lowercase 
beardedrums at gmail.com. But yes, it's finally happened. All of the stickers are here so we can start getting those mailed out to all of you. I totally forgot to um, download it, but um, I could probably do it uh, if you'll talk for a second. Uh, Dakota already sent me, Dakamomo already sent yeah. me a picture of his. So, yeah, talk for a second. I'm going to grab my phone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go and talk to some of the folks in the comments right now while you're doing that. All right, we got Mike Malone, first comment. Also, first response to you, Mike. So, boom. Says, hey, boys, got the night off. Glad to be back listening to you dudes. So, Mike, do you normally have lessons on Thursdays or is it gigs on Thursdays? I cannot remember your schedule. And he, the, hello, Josh Breslow, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the one and only bespoke drummer. We got Mike Malone going, by Cajon, I think you mean participation boxes. I like that. Participation. Dude, that's perfect. <laughs> participation that boxes. perfect. That's awesome. Um, he goes, U-Haul sells awesome boxes for shipping. They're double-walled, thicker, and they have a huge variety of specific sizes. I just bought a 22 and a half by 22 and a half by 20 for shipping. A 20-inch kick was perfect. Well, then I will have to look into that as well. And then he says, charge the guy extra money for all the boxes and packing supplies you buy, too. That stuff adds up. Yeah, it does. David Huxtep says, what is up, gentlemen? Illinois fully opened up last Friday, so live music will be starting up again. Can't wait. Well, David. Yeah, that's super sweet. Yeah, as you guys start getting your gigs in, uh, send us um, like your office setup. That's what we used to do back in the day. Take a picture of like, the office for the night, and you send like your... Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking. Like your setup with them, like, you know, behind the, the driver's seat. I would love to see those because I know that BB Photo mentioned he has like a big setup he uses and plays, and I like to see everyone's like you know setup when they go out and play. Yeah, because you guys kind of seen what Stephen and I play a little bit. So yeah, like I said, you know, I say it all the time. Like just because a lot of the times it's Josh or Mike or um, Mark, Mark or like today, like we've got some new stuff. But if it's typically like a lot of times it's the same way. Even if your like setup is not like something new, like like I said, just share it to share, you know, so we can see what you're playing. You know, like you said, just show us your office setups, and that's uh that's always fun. I love looking at other people's setups. Yeah, or what you you know practice on anything like that, you know, because that could be inspiration for someone else. Uh, we could probably pull ideas from it. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, nothing's off the board. I do that all the time. Okay, here I finally get the Mac lined up. Um, but um, anyway. Um, like I was saying, we're going to get those stickers out soon. They are in today. Um, I'm going to go back to the list. And if you, like I said, see yourself on this list, you need to send me your mailing address at beardedrums at gmail.com. If you haven't already, so I can get that out to you so that you can get the new stickers that just came in. And I will put this up on the screen. Um, when everybody gets their stickers in, uh, if you have access to Instagram, go ahead and tag us on Instagram, and you can see Jared's and myself's ats or whatever you call it. Yeah, our that's our user. It's our I guess it's our usernames on Instagram. So go ahead and tag us there. Um, Daka Momo has already gotten his 
his sticker, and if I can get it loaded up, I will put, there we go, bam, um, I'll put it up on the screen. But yeah, once you get it, if you have access to Instagram, if you use Instagram, go ahead and tag Jarrett and myself. Those are our usernames there. And you can even do the uh, hashtag bearded drums, and we'll start you know, sharing those around so everybody can see when they get their stickers in. And now that I have... Uh, the other, I want to go over to this thing. Um, the other sticker loaded up. I'll try to put Daka Momos here. Um, any more comments while I'm doing that? Yeah. We got Michael Garduno. It's Michael, your favorite neighborhood stick spinner live from Boulder, Colorado. Howdy. What is up, Michael? How was Boulder this time of the year? Is it, I know it's probably hot and dry. Out in Colorado. I don't know. I mean, we're pretty much on a heat wave everywhere right now. So. Yeah, well, that besides a hurricane coming in, sorry, tropical storm on the mitts. Yeah, I'm hoping, and I, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think that's going to affect my gigs this weekend. Because I, got, I, I think it's going to go basically towards Louisiana. Um, so I think, I think I'm safe. I got the text from Mark today saying, uh, Here's the hotline. Keep in touch. Yeah. Do you want to come in or not? So I'm looking forward to that. If it does show up here tomorrow uh, and it rains a lot and the power goes bad, it's going to be a madhouse tomorrow. Hopefully everything will work out okay. Okay, here is the first tag. This is Dakamomo himself on one of his gigging bases with his brand new Legacy sticker. So we're going to get those out very soon to all of you. So again, if you see your name up here, you need to send me your mailing address to beardedrums at gmail.com so I can get that sent out to you. Um, any more comments before we get into the viewer stuff for the day? Yeah, we still got a couple more left. Awesome. We got Richie Henry says, Dog says wolf, cat says meow, Steven says little booty cheeks. Legacy member says, good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> I do say little booty cheeks quite often for some odd reason. It's like your catchphrase. Hey, man, you know, shows, I'm showing my age. It's all right. You know, those grays don't give it away. You know, it's, it's, the, it's, your, it's your vernacular, right? That's right. We got Doc Momo. How are you guys doing? Can't wait to see that sweet bass. Also, oh, I just showed it. Here it is again. Nope, wrong one. Um, Where is it? There it is. There you go. There's your stuff, buddy. And if you see in the top right-hand corner, it's also Stephen from another set. Of <laughs> I didn't even notice that until now. <laughs> that was what? That was that Key West or Destin years ago? I uh, no, that's a that was a professional photo that Derek took. No, the, remember the hat? I was trying to remember because you got that pearl hat you were wearing in it. Oh, that the no, Good one. lord. Dude, now you're going to make me feel old. That was probably eight years ago when we played a 90s party at a place on Dolphin Street in Mobile. Oh, wow. And even though I guess airbrush is kind of an 80s thing as well, I remember as a kid, like, that was what you did in the 90s. Like, I had a, don't know why, not a football fan, number one. Uh, definitely not a Miami Hurricanes, but I had a Canes hat. And it was like <laughs> cocked, you know, the, not the hat, but the, the logo. And so it left this whole side where I was like, dude, put a big pelican, you know, so I had the airbrush that. And I, that's what I remember is the 90s. So I was like, oh, and it's the 90s party. I'm going to go get like a 3HG airbrush shirt made. 
And then I got the hat, and I was like, well, what do I put on the hat? And I was like, Pearl. <laughs> Which is <laughs> odd, because if you don't know anything about drums, you're just like, what? Is that his mom's name? Like, yeah. What is, uh... So, yeah, that was like eight years ago I had that hat made. And I don't ever wear the shirt anymore, but all I need is a dumb reason to go get that hat out. Yeah, uh, I think it's still hanging up in the workshop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you get to a point where we go back to comments, I'll run in the back and go grab the Pearl hat and break that boy out. I've always wanted to get one of those shirts done, but I wanted to get like... Like like a meme one done because I think they still have those places when you go to like Gulf Shores and stuff and those like tourist traps. Oh yeah, we have them here. I I just want one. It's like like me and Irene or something. I don't know, but like you know, you see me, big bearded guy with the white shirt with like the dolphin sunset like out of the water. Go I don't know to, why. Uh, I always thought those were silly. The shark head. Yeah, I bet you they have airbrush in there. I'm I'm or what are they called? Surf styles. Yeah. No, that's the surf style that's a right around the Coliseum. The the Gatorhead one has or has a dude like almost out of the Simpsons that works there and is the airbrush guy like man I used to do this back in the nineties man and uh now I just have my shop set up here in surf style man and if you want to come on in man I'll do that airbrush for you man I'll put whatever you want on on your shoes on your like he looks and acts like a Simpsons character. Can I give him an airbrush a drum head for me? I'm sure that that's that's on the list. Flames. <laughs> no, I want the dolphins. The dolphins. <laughs> the dolphins. You know, you remember like you. You're, this is a little off topic for just a moment. You remember back in the '90s? I mean, I was a a child. My uh, but my sister is ten years older than me. My oldest one, and she had that big poster with the dolphin with the glasses on, like underwater. You remember like that weird thing no. of like of like the super like like echo dolphin? No, art? I no, no, that one. Oh, well, there. I remember like a. There's a big thing about dolphins for a while. I don't know what it was, but she had this big poster. And there's two dolphins underwater, and they both had like on sunglasses. Yeah, when you when you lost me at, at glasses when when we yeah, they moved don't, into they shades. I don't remember that. But I'll, I'll have to find. You what are I'm right. About. The, the the dolphin thing was a yeah. It was a big. I don't know what it was. Probably still is. Yeah, <laughs> along with dream catchers and fairies. Made like. a made a popular Sega made a popular Echo the Dolphin Man. <laughs> it's a great game. Uh, <laughs> And we got Dakota continues uh, before we're all done with comments. He goes, also, you should all send in some drum videos, too. That'd be awesome. That's right, for sure. I mean, I say it all the time. 30 seconds. Send us in your videos. Landscape. Any pictures, snare drum symbols, your setup, something broke, something a got A wing fixed. nut that you think is dope. Yeah, you know. if you have a... if you have A a drum key collection. Yeah. Like Hugh does. That's cool. Anything. Send in stuff. Because it makes it more fun that we can all look at the stuff in general. Oh yeah, like a Lisa Frank Dolphins, kind of like that, Richie. I'll have to, I'll have to go through and dig what I'm. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I know which one we're going to. I have to, I have to go dig and try to find what I was talking about because that'd be pretty silly having a bass drum. I mean, I'm getting that hammerhead drum head made right now, but to get an airbrush dolphin one too, dude. If I if I went the airbrush route, it's like I don't want something super nice and serious. I want. Sonic Silly. the Hedgehog with two M16s in his hands, or something like, <laughs> like something that's like, oh my god, is, what is that on your bass drum? Like for sure, what is that? That's what I would do with airbrush. Now the the the, the fancy painter people that do the bass drum has now that's like, okay, give me a, a yeah. woodland scene or a coastal. No, the other one's like, no, I want a dragon with a missile launcher riding a Harley Davidson, and yeah. that's my drum set. Like that would be perfect. Oh yeah. Oh, forgot. My first gig is July 10th. I don't know if I mentioned Uh-oh. that already. July 10th as a new band. So, be exciting. Playing at B-Lux. Where is that? 
it's out of the way from what, <laughs> what I've talked to people who know where it's at. It's it's nowhere near anything. So it's one of those bars off the beaten path. You gotta sometimes those are the best. That one, that, that random one that you got, the cannery. Yeah, yeah. Like seriously, that it, that exit off the interstate. Like yeah, and it works. And they just made a bigger stage, so obviously something, something is working right. for them. Something is working. Um, is that it. it for now? That's awesome. It for now. All right. Well, let's get in. I, I feel like there's so much to get through. I'm making sure that I did everything. I did the pictures. I did the uh, the Instagram handles. I did the mm-hmm. sticks. Yep. Um, all right. Then I guess we are at the viewer submissions for the week. And just like frickin' clockwork, Mr. Joshua Breslow coming in hot with another custom drum set. And this one, I particularly, like, I like all of them, but there were a couple things that you'll see in the pictures as I go through um, what I'm talking about. First off, the big shot, as usual, has an awesome, like, you know, basically never before seen finish. He always has these like awesome fabrics or paper, whatever he uses for the wraps. He finds these like super cool patterns. Like I really dig probably more so the color pattern on these as well. I like this blue that's on the, uh, well, it's on the floor time, but he's also got it. Like you see how he's got it laid into the triple flange. Yeah. I like that. That's dope. Like a very simple, you know, but like super effective because like when you see a let's see what the next shot is um like a contrast like that's the full pattern i really dig that pattern does he have a description for us yeah we got drums from josh we got hello friends this week i'm sharing the drifting kit this kit was inspired by my band the watchbirds second studio album titled drifting the nautical colors and patterns were inspired by the artwork i created for the album art check that out here if interested there's a hyperlink he sent us the bass drum is my signature size, 10 by 22. Rack tom is 9 by 12. Then a 10 by 13 converted floor tom. Pancake gondrum is a 5 by 16. Custom snare wrap is 5 by 14. This is the first time I've ever wrapped a metal snare drum. The wrap is a decorative paper product I get online from overseas. I love it. I, I really like, where is the one of the, nope, that one. I really like that pattern. That's super cool looking to me. And then again, he's got it in the hoop of the gong drum, which is just another cool little accent. And then there is the stuff that he put on his. Oh, that's tight how he's got like the center bead part is still itself, but then. Yeah. That's dope. So very cool as usual. Um, Always super interesting. Like I said, you know, the bespoke drummer himself always coming through in the clutch every week with a brand new project and or you know new acquirement for himself and the the bass drum one looks dope yeah um not much normally for mismatched drums but these all complement each other yeah so it looks like even though they're not the same finish they're all supposed to go together there's a central theme which is basically what josh makes drum sets that are almost basically art installations (laughs) you know at the same time um so there's the gong drum again and I love that. Man, I can't get over that floor tom. I really love that finish. Like, to see a whole kit or a snare done. And, like, if you were to take, I don't know if that's cloth or if that's, um, like, paper. But, like, take a raw shell. And if that's paper, you know, do whatever you, I guess, glue it to the shell. And then yeah. lacquer over it. Like, thick, thick, 
thick, thick, thick lacquer, that would come out super pretty. That would be dope. Yeah. And then again, there is the, again, like a simple little touch, but it really makes it pop on the snare drum and then the whole setup. Big fan, Josh. Really big fan. As I gotta, always. I got to yeah. get my snare drum shipped to you soon. I kept the box when I bought that uh, Gretsch to send to you, so I'll put it in that. Yeah, as always, uh, a great addition for the week by Josh Breslow. Um, and then the next one is, is from, from our buddy Frank. I've been trying to, because he sent me uh, some photos to Instagram, because I didn't know if they, because he said he was having issues with the email, with the attachment. And then he sent an email, much like I do all the time, like a minute later. It was like, oh, I fixed it. He figured out how to do it. Um, so, yeah, either way, we've got um, we've got his for the week. So what is his, um, what do you call it, description? goes, greetings from New Jersey. I want to send a few pics of the flat ride JT was salivating about during last week's podcast. <laughs> also, hoping you or one of your listeners can provide some additional info. I bought this symbol new sometime in the mid-80s. As I was getting ready to send these pictures, I did a little research and discovered that the EAKs apparently had a K stamped on the top and bottom. As you can see from the pictures, mine only has a K on the top. Based on my research, I think this might be the second-generation American-made K. I'd love to get any info you or listeners might have. Thanks, Frank. Note, for some reason, I can't attach the three pictures, so I'm sending them to JTV <laughs> or Facebook I am. And um, I, I was at work trying to to get stuff done. Uh, I have the most terrible internet connection at work. Sometimes like I have to sit in a weird corner whenever Mike messages me and the because our break room is part of the old parking garage. So well, don't, don't worry. I live in the center of the second biggest city in the state of Mississippi, and for some reason my phone drops calls all the time. So C Spire is good, but... Not the best. Not the best. Um, well, I don't know. You are the resident Zilshan expert, so you might be able to help him out a little more than there's the stamp he's talking about, a little more than I can. See, the stamps always throw me off. Uh, it's the one of the hardest things I have, I have issues with with Zildjian is there's like, because all the examples you have are either like in good condition or they're bad, and then all the ones that some guys have are like, Kind of like Frank's, like they're kind of half on. And yeah, you, you yeah I'm used guesstimate. to half on, half off. That's what I always remember seeing. And, you know, I don't know. Do you think at that point in time they were doing the laser etcher? Or is that still like some... I still think that's stamped. No, okay. I could be wrong. This is one I need Charlie. Because um, the stuff I've seen and read is kind of conflicting. But I believe he is right, though, with the, the double Ks is on that. And that one just has the singular K on it. But at the same time... Zildjian in the eighties was weird. How all their stuff was done. Yeah. Um, I wish I had Hugh's book in front of me. I have the book. You do. I have the same book. The symbol book. Yeah. Hold please. Yeah. So Stephen has this book. Hugh, our uh, resident old man, he also has. He has a couple of books that he has that we use to like catalog things. We can't figure it out. There's a book that they have. Um, like vintage stuff and everything breaks down. Like Hugh still has catalogs from all these companies from like the sixties and seventies and eighties that he keeps at his house. Um, so there's ever something we don't know. He just goes and finds whatever that year is and pulls it out. We'll have to probably get some like snapshots of those and show them in for whatever year of a certain brand you have. I know he has Ludwig, a couple of Gretsch, a couple of Slingerlands um, from the, I want to say the late sixties. And then he's got some from the 80s because um, he was a Fibes artist back in the day. So I think he has some stuff from them, too, still, I believe. 
But, Frank, I'm going to have to go with you so far. I think it is the mid-'80s um, from what I looked up and read. But I didn't have the most uh, look because everything I saw was either conflicting or confusing. And he's back. That's right. I am back. <laughs> All right. So I have either the symbol book or an actual Zildjian book. So what do you need? Zildjian in the 80s? Uh, the Or do you need like a stamp? I'll probably go stamp for this. Uh, do we have anything for stamps? Who mm. needs to be part of the internet when you have hard copies of books? Yeah, who has hard copies of books? I don't know. I c it's not listing it by that, or I don't. You wouldn't call it a badge. I might have to just go through the Zildjian section here. Istanbul, Zilko. Doctor Momo says that hat looks goofy. Yeah, Zilko was yeah, the. Yeah, that's the point. Zilko was the, was the Canadian. No, you can dig through it. Okay. Um, yeah, I know the hat looks silly. It's a bright orange and yellow airbrushed pearl drum set hat. That's why you'll never see me with it on, you know, out in public. Even though now it's on the internet forever. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if Jarrett can come up with something that might help us from that book. Um, so, but either way, I like that you just sent in a really nice symbol that you had. So I'll put that picture back up there. I always wanted a flat ride. Um, I'm sure there's something that it could be gotten from Istanbul. I know they have one in the dry and dark, even though it's not really my thing. What you looking for? Um but I've always wanted a flat ride, and this is obviously a nice example of being that it's a K. And there again is the badge that we're trying to get Jared if see if he can find something out in one of these two books. Uh, one book is something that I highly suggest. It's just a good thing to have, especially if you have to go looking for vintage stuff. Hand me the symbol book, Jared. This can probably be found on like something as simple as Amazon. It's called The Symbol Book by Hugo Pinksterboer. And it's just got a bunch of symbols on the front cover. This is like invaluable. Anytime I've ever had to look up something about a vintage Zildjian or like, uh, a, I guess what would be considered a vintage Sabian, something from the late 80s, this has always come in handy. When we've had discussions about Spizzacino symbols, I've always gone to this book. Uh, if you don't know, Spizzacino is like some of the most expensive symbols you could ever hope to purchase in your lifetime. I think on average, a Spizzacino ride, if you can even find it on eBay, it's goes 2, to like, it's like two, I would say two to $3,000. And basically he was one of like the prodigies or apprentices that worked at, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Jared? The Italian company. Um, UFIP? Yeah, UFIP. He worked for UFIP and basically became like a prodigy symbol maker and then went out on his own. And there actually is a section in this book 
that is specifically there it is right there um some examples of spizzicino symbols and if you can find one it could literally be anywhere from two to three thousand dollars online so every time i have a question about vintage symbols or like specialty symbols the symbol book by hugo pinksterboer you can probably find it on amazon it's probably like nine ten dollars um that is something i highly suggest everybody get a hold of it's useful just about all the time whether it's vintage or modern stuff there's a lot of answers and a lot of cool stuff like history wise in this that you can learn and then i also have the uh, one he's digging through right now which is just like the history of zildjian book i can't remember where i picked that up that's just a cool book if you're a zildjian fanboy and you want to know all about the inner workings of that company and all the changes that they've gone through over time and then obviously examples of like old symbols and new symbols the zildjian the history of zildjian book is another good one I, I would imagine most of the books that we've been talking about can be found on amazon or some you know some easy place where you can get them offline yeah, there's nothing in this one but from close to what i could see is uh from like the the small 80 section it the font does match um but there's no badges. I mean, no stamps in there. So yeah, um, we can. We'll look at it later yeah. too. We the hunt continues for you. Yes, Frank. the hunt will continue, and if we can help you out, Frank, we will. But either way, um, good entries this week from Josh Breslow with the yet another awesome looking drum set, and then Frank sending in that's a terrible shot. There we go. His beautiful K flat ride, which I'm sure sounds. Super awesome. And in really good condition, too. Yeah. Like, the ink is still... Yeah, ink's good. It's nice and clean. Um, and I, I can imagine that it, it probably sounds like a piece of crystal, just, like, super clean, like, for sure. So thanks to both of you for sending in the stuff this week. Um, I think I've gotten everything done now, and I showed off Dakamomo's sticker from his base. So... Um, any comments before we move on to the main section? Richie says, Josh, airbrush dolphins, por favor. <laughs> Doc Momo says <laughs> the hat go. is goofy. And then Richie says, I got to record New Orleans several years ago with the K flat ride. I think of it often still. Hence why I brought it up flat rides last time. Yeah, they're amazing. And if that's the session that I'm thinking about, not only is that a super cool place in New Orleans um, that was like a converted church or something oh sweet uh, i think um i think that's what the place that when richie did that with sarah if that's what he's talking about and he got to play on a really nice kit and that recording that richie was on sounded so good um and now that i'm thinking about that he just mentioned that he used a flat ride i wish i could get a copy of one of those um sarah b albums the, the one that he played on and I, she had a bunch of like good new orleans players on there and they got to record in a really cool space. And, yeah, Richie, I remember hearing that. That was, like, a really nice representation of your playing, for sure. Churches seem to have some of the best acoustics. Yep, I mean, that's, well, that's what they're built for, um, you know. So the, the voice, I guess, projects. So, yeah, those kinds of rooms are always, uh, like, I've, I've never really got to play in a super big room where you get that cool boomy reverb. Yeah. I've gotten close with that wedding we did recently that was in a fairly big room and uh you know there's no PA. It's our PA. So it's not like some huge club PA that's overtaking the drums. You can actually hear those drums kind of speak back and forth and I've never gotten to do that. Every time I've recorded it was in a small 
booth style. Yeah. That place that Richie was in was not only looked super cool, sounded really good, and he killed he killed the session and the whole album. It sounded super cool. I, I, like I said, I want to go back and see if I can't find uh, a recording of that. Thanks to Mr. Michael Benson, who dropped off the old school optical drive so I can take CDs now of old stuff and get them on my Mac. And I did it with that Fort Bayou Slim album from a long time ago and cringed at myself from 13 years ago. It wasn't bad. Nah, but it was uh, It was definitely like, yeah, you were 20-something and you were you know, partying in Austin trying to get a, a, a record done as opposed to what I might do now. But it, it was cool. It was cool to hear something from that long ago. Oh, and he says, uh, that's it. The place Snarky Puppy did f- uh, Family Dinner Part 2. That's right. And uh, it's called uh, Esplanade Studios. Yeah, Esplanade Studios. Um, that was a really good recording. Richie killed it on the performance. And I can't remember. He could probably tell us in the chat what drum set he was playing. There were some really good photos taken of his drum set in that, like, really Derek took shots of that in that cool-looking room. Um, so, yeah, that was that was super cool. Um, I want to go back and see if I can find that. But, yeah, if, if you can think about it, I, I want to say you were playing some really nice drum kit when you were there. So let us know in the chat uh, if, if you can remember. All right. That's uh, it. Uh, that's it? Okay, cool. And I've got all my... All the pictures are out. All right. Um, so kind of what we were talking about earlier, which is why I went and grabbed those out of there, is um, first off, the book I was telling you all about. Um, this is the book that Hugh has, and then he suggested that I get, and then I realized it's kind of one of the two books that you generally have in your house. So, again, this is, like, invaluable for figuring out what something old is, what type of Zildjian you may have, what type of Sabian, or you know, trying to identify something. Um, super useful book. And then we mentioned it right after that, the Zildjian Symbol Makers, History of the Legendary Symbol Makers. I think it's a Hal Leonard book. It is, um, yeah. That, those are two, like that takes care of most of your symbol questions right there. Another book, and... If I were to say that you have to have two books in your possession, like I know having a hard copy of a book is becoming rarer and rarer, but having that symbol book and a guide to vintage drums by John Aldridge, like you can answer probably 98% of any weird general drum question with that book or this book. Yeah, whenever we have any of those old drums that Stephen and I were going through and trying to figure out, because I have that book as well, and so does Hugh. So when we brought that stuff over to Hugh, we're going through. If Hugh couldn't remember off the top of his head, literally he'd go off to the side, he grabs that book, and we go through and just start reading and digging through tags, anything. And we got we got it down to a couple culprits, and then I did a little bit of stuff on the Internet, and I was like, okay, so it's – what did I say the big 16 was, the – Oh. Lion and Healy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can get generally close with these books, and then if there's a fine detail that's not in here, usually the internet can help out. But this is like, I have to admit, this is quicker in a lot of occasions than trying to dig through 80 different drum forums trying to get the question right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you have to own two books, seriously, I would tell you to invest the money in the symbol book and a guide to vintage drums by John Aldridge. So many times, Jared and Hugh and I 
have been over there or Jared and I have been here and we have to answer a dumb drum question about what this is or what it could be. And 98% of the time, these two books do that exactly. Oh, yeah. So I would say, and let's see, 20 bucks, 20 bucks a piece. Probably the same price now. These were bought a long time ago. Probably the same price now. Which begs the question, what books do you guys think that something, if you're, you know, if there's something that you do keep in your house, what do you keep in your house as far as books that help with drum identification or dating or valuing, anything like that? Um, what is something that you use in your house? Let us know in the comments. But yeah, if I was to say there were two books that you just, would be useful to own is these. And every time that I think it's like dumb to have these, I end up going to that shelf every couple months and like, Oh, I need to know. Oh, and it's right here or it's right here. Those are hyper useful. Um, and then just a cool book that I picked up when I was working at Magnolia was the Zildjian history of the legendary symbol makers. And like I said, that is if you are a obviously big Zildjian fan then it's got all the guys from the 50s and the 40s that played. It's got a history of the company. It's got the later, the later years, old catalog photos. Like, that's a cool one, even though I don't really have Zildjian anymore. Um, another cool one just to have. I wish they made, like, a Sabian. Yeah. Um, that's big enough, in my opinion, that somebody could do, a, you know, a history book on them. But you're a Zildjian fanboy, so that's really more yeah. right up your alley. And then the last one. This is even more, and there's probably so many of these because of the brand. If you are a big Zildjian guy, the Ludwig book, literally by Rob Cook, like who's like the, maybe maybe not foremost because of Bunny Carlos, but like one of the two foremost Ludwig aficionados yeah. out there. And this one's thick. I mean, this has like all the super old stuff. If you're one of those guys that's trying to figure out what kind of weird black beauty do you have that was, you know, John Wayne used it when he shot the Indian in this movie, like yeah. that's in here. The weird finishes, the history, all that. Like there's a bunch in here that not only is interesting from the history point, but yeah, if you're into Ludwig vintage drums, every time I've had to figure out something with the club date or one of these snares I picked up um, and and stuff with Jared, like the answer is always here. So that's like what I keep in the house, um, those four books. And usually with those four books, I can answer, you know, just about any drum question. And then, like you said, we kind of go to the Internet after that. Um, like where, I guess, maybe not symbol specific, but like when it's a drum thing, what's the first place you go to as far as websites? Websites, I generally go to Facebook and see if anyone... And depending on, you know, how old or new the the drum is or whatever, um, I go through there first and just look around posts. Or I'll search, like, keywords, like 60s, whatever, and see if anything pops up similar to it, or 50s. And then you'll see guys comparing. And sometimes you get an idea, and then sometimes you get lucky, and you'll find someone with a similar drum badge and everything, and you just scroll through, and then some, you know, I'll make sure that, you know, at least 10 guys are like, yeah, he's right, yeah, he's right. I'm like, no, one guy's like, no, it's not it. And then one guy's like, no, pretty sure it's this. And then they'll go through and they'll argue. And then once someone's like, you know what? Actually, yeah, you are. It is that because of this, 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 and this. Like another three details someone else missed. I'm like, okay, well, that's how I 
get to date that if I'm like in a rush. But for the most part, um, a lot of those guys that have all that stuff online are behind paywalls. Like really? Uh, yeah. Like I mean, I understand for one of them. Uh, you got a guy named Rick Greer or Greer. Um, Mike probably knows what this dude. He compiled a massive book of strictly Gretsch drums. Like every drum, every badge, logo, screw, type of this to date specifically Gretsch drums by the model number all the way through. Well, and I can understand that because that is a labor of love. Yeah, I yeah. say that sounds in and of itself. Just the cataloging would take so long, so many man hours. Like, yeah, I mean, what's do you do? You remember or know how much it was to use the? I think it's like fifteen bucks. That's totally worth it. Yeah, you know, if you're trying to find something out and you really have to know, or you want to specifically figure out what this, you know, or how this was, or when this was, like, that's totally worth it. Yeah, I've never come across the paywall. Because, well, the thing with him is is that a lot of guys have been going and they'll post pictures of excerpts out of his book. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a PDF file. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a screenshot and then boom. Um, which sucks, I mean, because it's like some of this time and, you know, you want to, you know, see some of the fruits. True. I can, I can totally understand from that. The and that's, and that's fair. That's fair. 10 yeah. to $15 is totally fair to use the information in the book or buy the, you know, whatever the digital copy is. I just assume... Why don't you just buy the book? Then you'll have it. And then you've got all that information right there. You'll be able to look up whatever you want. But no, I've, that's, that, I've never run into a paywall situation. But unlike you, like I, you like to go to the Facebook groups. Um, and you've got a lot of... Did you meet Mike Malone that way? I... Well, it, we kind of, well, we went through this because um, I recognized his name from watching his videos and everything. Um but, but you've met some guys through those groups. Yeah, like Frank. Um, yeah, there you go. And then a couple other guys. But uh, through that, I mean, I, I go to Facebook first, and then there's another website I used to use a lot before Facebook. Uh, there's a guy, it's like vintagedrumdating.com or something. Yeah. And then he has this like cool chart where you, like, you pick through whatever the brand is, and then he'll have like years clustered by the badges. I've seen. I know what you're talking about. It's like if you just Google drum badge dating, that's yeah, like the first that's the one thing that, that pops, pops up. up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and, it's, and you can pick Ludwig, Gretsch, Slingerland, whatever. And uh, and you're right. Um, but yeah, you, you you go to the groups because you have contacts, and that I don't want to be on Facebook, so I always just seems like I end up at drumforum.org is usually the first place I land. And I think I even created an account at one point because I had specific questions about... That one of those Ludwigs, those pioneers. Yeah, and then we had the uh, issue with uh, one guy trying to be cheeky, talking about, oh, well, it's the, not the vintage yeah, anymore. No, the, uh, your, the collector value, RIP. Yeah, the collector value is gone because I fixed the stupid snare strainer. Like, I don't care. I wanted it to be a player. But I have to admit, that is a super useful website because like in five or ten minutes, I had an answer. One was, I think, from the guy that founded the website and then the guy who was cheeky and then another guy. And I want to say, even though he hadn't been on very long, AR Drummer, who comes into this chat, I've seen him on there as well. So Drummer Forum for me is you can usually get a pretty specific answer. Um, or like Jared will use the Facebook groups. Yeah. And then the rest, you know, like I said, if you just Google drum badge dating that whatever that website is yeah vintage drum something something pops up so you can find out just about 
you know, anything you want going through the books for like the general answer. And just for the fact that I like to have the books around, like most things you can be bought in a digital format now. And it's not like having a book like, yeah. you know, I do like having and would have never probably bought them otherwise had Hugh not suggested it. And now I love that I have them because like I said, it gets me usually close to the finish line. And then I can, it gives me, it makes it easier when I do go to Google because I know exactly what I'm looking for yeah. from what it pointed out here. Um, are they sharing places they use uh, there in the chat yet? Let's see. So we got, uh, so Richie answers your question. It was uh, Scott Star Classic Kit with my free floater. It was a nice experience. Me, Derek, Josh Fall, Nick Nikes, and Sarah. Uh, by the way, that Fort Bayou Slim album rules and helped me. And no, sorry, that Fort Bayou Slim album rules and helped you get your name on a blues trail marker. That was one of the fun, more fun, like going to do that album in Austin, Texas was super fun. And this was like before Austin was Austin. Like this, I mean, I don't know. 2008 so you were a hipster before being no hipster i was, was never a, a hipster i was never hip but this was like i think 2008 so that's what 13 years ago um austin was nothing like it is now it was still super cool um but just going to do that process much like what richie got to experience doing at esplanade studios like getting to do that real album you've done it is a super fun thing like when you get to do, you know it's, it's yours yeah and there's no like not like a drum cover where like, oh, you didn't nail that lick. It's like, no, they're, they're my licks. Like, yeah, this is me. This is all of me. So, yeah, yeah, very right. Um, uh, would have been a super cool thing to get to do like what Richie got to do. Uh, Mike answers my question. Jared, in the summer, I'm usually gigging Wednesdays through Sundays and teach during the days and the school year teaching after school and less gigs. So I'm in summer mode now. Um, Richie goes, don't have any gearbooks, but sign my permission slip and we'll take a field trip to Istanbul. Ooh, that would be nice. Uh, we're going to have, uh, they might be giants, Istanbul, not Constantinople, and repeat the entire time. That's right. <laughs> Istanbul, not Constantinople. No, it's Istanbul. We're going to find out about the, what's the proper word, the uh, the generosity of Istanbul this week when I have to send that crash back in for warranty service yeah i don't think we mentioned that about the the crack no i had a crack happen in one of these istanbul's and i think what's that noise oh it's, is that it's your my fa- feet oh yeah. you're scaring me i'm thinking like the house is haunted um <laughs> no uh and i don't i think this is literally like the quote-unquote manufacturer you know, defect like yeah because it, it, se- yeah, it seemed a little whenever you showed it out to me was like mm, that doesn't seem it's nowhere near where I hit the symbol in the first place. It's about two inches up from the edge, and it's a clean. It look what it really looks like is when they were laid in that symbol, the dude leaned in mm, just a little tiny bit too hard and actually cut into that section of the symbol. So obviously it vibrating for just a short period. I only had that thing like two months. Yeah, and I've had no problems from any of these other symbols. So I think that literally is like and. I, which is obviously natural that it's going to happen at some point. It's a manufacturer defect. And I fully, like I wrote a nice letter telling them like, hey, look, man, I, I clearly marked with like little highlighted sticky notes like where the crack is. It's very clear that it's not anywhere near where I play. I wrote a note. I packaged it nice. So I'm fully confident that they'll get the symbol back in, look at it. And even the guy that I messaged um, emailing with talking about it was like, yeah, he's like, they're not particular about warranty returns obviously 
if it looks like you mangled it, they're not going to. But mine looks almost brand new. Like, yeah. It looks almost brand new. So I'm sure they're going to see it and be like, oh, no problem. And ship me out a brand new symbol. And I'm going to have no problem with that. It doesn't make me worry about that brand at all because it was almost what looked like a clear something went wrong in manufacturing. You have that one really, that one kind of small low point too, I guess, in the hammering process. Yeah. So I think that that symbol just is one of those ones that like something happened when it got made and it just didn't, you know, it didn't turn. And it maybe was something that looked totally fine at the factory when they're quality controlling it. And it's like, oh, it's cool. Send it out. And then obviously what happens. So I'm fully confident that they'll see that and just send me out a new symbol and I just have to play the artisan until that gets uh, settled. But uh, it doesn't make me worry about the brand anymore. You know, uh, not that I was in the first one, but it doesn't make me worry about it at all. And I'm sure they will take care of it. So we'll see how that goes once I get that shipped off. And then Mike goes, speaking of funny uh, flat bell ride stories, I recommended a student's parent to buy him a ride for Christmas. I said, just go to the music store and see what they have a used one. And he will do. Oh, then he no. got a flat ride, and he was confused because we were working on using the bell for a song, and he was just miffed. And what symbol he got? I oh guess I should have included God. that note to the parents. He goes, "But how often do you see a cheap used flat yeah, really, ride like, at a that's music not store? Something that I would think that's like easily accessible enough in a regular music store that you would be like, oh yeah, that's fine. And like you would think the salesman would go, I mean, you know what this is, right? Like." Or is this for a drummer? Or is yeah. this for a student where it's like, yeah, you're going to need a regular ride. That's <laughs> That's, That's pretty horrible. funny. <laughs> he goes, I guess I should have included a note. He goes, uh, but how often you see that? How often see a cheap used flat ride in a music store? He goes, I ended up trading them a B8 ride for it. Perfect. And I'm just hanging on to that night trying to sell it. Um, I own that Gretsch serial dating guidebook. He had the Gretsch drum friends Facebook group suspended because of people sharing pages from his book. I feel for him, but uh, I was bummed it went that far, too. It sucks. Well, that's kind of the pitfall of, like, how we're, like, in that crossover period where, like, a lot of, probably 50-50, like, 50% of people prefer a hard copy book. And then 50% of people are like, no, 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 I want a digital version. I don't care. I've got a couple of base books that are digital copies, and all these drum books are hard copies. So it doesn't matter to me, but I think... <clears throat> As a producer, uh, what do you call it? As a writer of a book, yeah. trying to get it published, that's where I think they get caught because it's like it's easier, obviously, to put out a digital copy, and then you only can, you know, say you charge fifteen bucks for it. Your profit margin's way higher because you didn't have to get a book made. Yeah, but somebody can just screenshot it and share it on the internet, yeah. or you say, "Well, screw it, I'll make a hard copy only," where you literally have to buy the book. But then you have to worry about what publishing company is going to make this book. Do they even want to make this book? Yeah. And then how much money are you going to be able to make now that you have to cover the cost of a book being made? Yeah. So I think that's where they get kind of get caught in between where it's like, what do you do? You know, obviously I can understand why that guy, the Gretsch book did that because, you know, he's probably an independent producer, writer. He, that way he can actually make some money off of it. But like you said, now he has to shut the Facebook group down because they're all stealing the shots of the pages of his book. Yeah, and trying it around. Yeah. It sucks, but I mean... It's part of it. Yes, I mean, it's, it's the beauty of the internet. That's right. It's so good, and it's also so bad at the same time. <laughs> uh, we have Charlie Smith 
evening all. What's up, buddy? What is up, Charlie? He goes, Vintage Drum Guide or Drum Archive are great resources with tons of PDFs and old catalog scans. Yeah, I've had to do that too with with that line in Healy. We were basically looking through and and I mean, God, once you start Googling that, it's a it's a rabbit hole because like you said, there's drumforum.org, there's the groups on Facebook and whatever you could find on Instagram, and then you get into like these tiny little websites. Um, I remember running across the most interesting website. When I was trying to date that line in Healy, there's a website, maybe not called, but if you Google Vintage Boston Drum Builders, there's a website devoted to literally like 12 guys from whatever, 1880 to 19-whatever, that built drums just in Boston. And it's like some of the ones that you are used to hearing in the really old Oliver Didson, and uh, there was another one that was like recognizable. But then there's like 10 other builders that you like never really heard of but have really cool examples of like a say like a 30s or a 40s drum yeah so you can get like hyper specific with the google searches and what you find depending upon whether you're looking for vintage stuff or new stuff you know so my favorite thing is trying to is going through and looking at this stuff and then finding the old the old scans like the black and white hand-drawn photos of what your drum's gonna look like yeah yeah, because like on some of those they get pretty specific it's like they'll get down to like the curvature of the lug and i'm like all right so that looks like to be not an imperial lug but the one before that for that hollywood whatever that is like oh i see it's clearly marked with a vent hole above the snare strainer but there's not one on this one which means it must be a two years younger model before they like (laughs) it's like thank you it's like uh, like my grandma has an old sears and roebuck catalog with things costing like a dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Two dollars, like, and it and the 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 detail and all those things that are hand drawn on those catalogs. It's the same for these drums. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. They they could have just drawn a circle, put Lobig on, and called it a day. But no, no, no you no. see the curvature of every flange. The thread. You can see the the threads on the rods. Like it's and it's funny because like you said, you know, whatever we'll look for today on eBay reverb, and then you go find that drum and it was twenty three dollars. Yeah. You know, you got to pay a thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand for a Black Beauty now, but it's like, no, nah, they were like twenty three dollars. The deluxe model was like thirty bucks. Yeah, you make know? it, but you're making five cents a week. Yeah, if right. that. Yeah. <laughs> like Sitting nickel, in the bread line. Yeah, this nickel used to buy a lot back in the day. Well, um, inflation happened, but the dollar never grew. So yeah, <laughs> we're still that nickel's just got another fifteen bills connected to it now. So That's right. <laughs> still. You gotta love it. Uh, Richie says Istanbul, Constantinople tune always reminds me of that tiny tune skit. But anyway, it's halfway to us both. Yolo. Well, they might be giants are the ones that uh, yeah. cover that song. Yeah, yeah. But great, I, great I, band. I, I I can understand because that's how I think of it when I think of that song. Is that tiny tunes episode is like where anybody around my age would know it from. I'm gonna say the original was. It was a big band chart. Back Probably. The, I can't, it was a big band chart, but I can't remember what year it was done. I feel like it might have been like maybe the like 60s, I think. I'll have to look it up because I remember watching the, the big band version, and it's way slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. But now you got those boys. Yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And they're... 
cooking it. Yeah, I'll forever remember Tiny Toons for that simple reason. The best. Charlie Smith, one of the best resources I have in my amassed collection or hoarding of old drum magazines. Um, pretty much 25 years worth of rhythm, uh, the UK drum mag. And oh, at nice. Least, and at least 75 issues of Modern Drummer so far. I found all sorts of interesting websites doing that research paper. It's crazy what's out there if you look hard enough. I forgot to mention that to you. I have a bunch of old, like from the 80s and 90s Modern Drummers from Pat that sometimes I go looking through and seeing all these wild one-off contraptions dudes have made they have in the like the back ad section yeah, yeah, yeah or like here's how you play whatever this lick is made popular by this guy i'm like i forgot that this magazine was like the only way you could learn used to be you could do that's like you want to learn how to play this ch- uh red hot chili peppers lick that chad smith plays you got to turn to page 35 well and i'm with charlie because Obviously, for us, Modern Drummer is the most recognizable one. But my two favorites were always the one he's talking about, Rhythm and Drum, just Drum Magazine. Yeah, I have that one, too. Those are my favorites. And I can't tell you the last time I've even seen... I can't even tell you the last time I was in like a Barnes & Noble where they would have copies of that, much less in a music store that would be brave enough to carry copies of a drum magazine. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's brave enough. <laughs> well, I mean, because you know, be honest with you, most of the time those are probably going to sit on the counter, because most people, if they, I would imagine, if if you were really that into modern drummer or drum or rhythm, you would have the online subscription. Yeah, like not waiting around for the next issue to come out and literally go pay five ninety five for a copy of a magazine. Like, but <clears throat> it's it's crazy to think how long it's been since I've even seen a drum magazine. I'll have to. I got some on. Um, I have this little box on the right side of my room with like VHSs in one container. Well, three containers. And another one's got like some old modern drummer and drums. I'll have to pull some of those out for you and let you peruse. And because I have one with Glenn Cache in it nice. um, from Drum, that one's really good. It talks about the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the not Ramadan, but the. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's other than R. It's the it's the monkey chant. Um, solo that he did that's based upon this whole like i want to say it's like west african dance thing they do ritual and he plays the rhythm on top of it oh i don't um, know it's just a super cool solo it has like 25 uh like cricket boxes and like, he opens them up so you have like all this like chirping in the back and you have this cool like pattern it's like the monkey does this, but then it fights something else, but then like, it rests again. It tells a whole story in, oh, like, okay. in the rhythms. And he has this crazy setup he does for it. Um, he's got one of those HG Genera dries with the holes in it. Yeah, yeah. But he has coils inside of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when he smacks it, it does the thing. He's got one of those weird head massagers with the contact mic on. So it sounds, <laughs> so it sounds like thunder when he hits it. Because he's got the crickets in the background. He's got the weird rain sticks. Like, one of those... Um, Thumb harp things, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think what they're called. He's got them as rack tom, so he's like he's thumbing it, and then leave it to Glenn Cache to do. I love him. I know he's like the most textural drummer I can think of, like for sure. Oh, you think you're cool guy with your acrylic paint blobbed up on top of that? No, Glenn Cache's got you beat with sound. Yeah, you see that man? He holds like three sticks in each hand doing whatever weird patterns 
and it sounds so cool. Yeah, he's he's something else. BB Photo, what's up? Late to the party again. That's a party foul, BB. Party <laughs> foul. That's three demerits now. Yeah, Jared, you haven't been late in a long time. I haven't. Now, now, now we're bringing it up. Yeah. You've been you've been pretty good lately. Now if we can just get the guests to show up, we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Come on, <laughs> Phil. Phil, Hugh, I'm talking to you. Hugh, if you're having margaritas right now, I'm looking directly at you, bro. This chair is cold. It is sitting here waiting. Phil, you'll see this later. Again, this chair is cold. I got to make some phone calls to like Ray Hanser and some other guys, though. So we'll we'll be getting some on, but I'm still yelling at the two that we need to oh, yeah. get out because they're closest. And then Richie says, I, I think they recently stopped publishing drum, which is whack. That is whack. I remember they had that custom snare drum made for some unit anniversary they did. Um, Promark made the snare drum, which was cool, and Evans had the heads for it. Yeah. But it was uh, a Promark, I think it was like a maple walnut, like a maple hickory, I think, out of like the common stick stuff that people use. Yeah. Made a snare drum out of it. It was really cool, and it said drum on it. That's It had cool. their logo and everything. I was like, good on you, Promark. Very rad. Arc Importa Solo. I don't I don't know what that is, BB. Elaborate. Um, but that's it for comments, though, so far. Sweet. Get this switched over. All right. So um, that was basically, I guess, really it. Um, just talking about the different ways you can find the information out there, whether you choose to use the hard copy or the digital version. But I still will go back and say the symbol book and a guide to vintage drums are two of the most useful things that I think you can have when you're trying to figure out dates on something or what brand something weird may be. Oh, yeah, because they're just... We're going through trying to figure out dates on those older drums. There's a bunch of, like, random, weird, one-off companies that are out there that built stuff for a very short or long time you just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's just nothing. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, because I did learn that when we were trying to figure out about some of those Ludwigs. Ludwigs made stuff for like one-offs for stores, kind of like they do for Resurrection Drums. Like, they did it back then. So you might just have something that says, I mean, I guess tip, I, I'm not specifically talking about this, but you could have like a Sears and Roebuck drum, and it could be a Gretsch. Yeah. Or it could be a, you know, so you never know. And I see that stuff all the time on Instagram where guys will just, basically wouldn't know what they had and then somebody's in the comments like oh man that's a Gretsch shell or oh that's a, a Ludwig blah 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 but it's got a sticker for some random music store in Chicago or whatever um, I've noticed that a lot um, especially when trying to date a bunch of those 30s Ludwigs so you could have something and not even know it um, like something that may be worth more because it's a Ludwig that's not a Ludwig or it's a Gretsch that's not a Gretsch yeah um, but anyway um so, that's really all I have. I'm kind of running to the end of that thought. I'm trying to think there's something else. I'm blanking. This is so <laughs> embarrassing. Well, anyway. Yeah. That's the point. Um, so... Anything else from you on the thought before we get out of here today? Today's kind of a short one, um, but we got kind of thrown off with neither of the guests coming around. Um, I don't have anything. Uh, 
maybe some rapid fire questions. You got a couple minutes, fellas, if you want to have anything you want to throw at us. Yeah, we'll say throw something at us in yeah. the chat. Yeah, lightning round. If, if you, you want to hear something, because other than that, we kind of hit a wall on this one, uh, expecting some kind of guess, but didn't really get one, which is okay. I understand Phil had to be at his rehearsal. Yeah. And Hugh, I'm still calling you out. We're going to get you on here at some point. And I guess now we can kind of hold that drum set hostage for the trade that you're going to make with him. And that might force him to come over here. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring, because I was supposed to get up early and then go to Hughes. And I was going to drop him off the kit. And I was going to take mom's car, because that Kalina can fit in the trunk, I think. And then put the 70s kit in the back seat. And be like, all right, you get two for the price of one. It's like, it fakes this one. Here's the one back. Thanks. And but <laughs> but no, I stayed up playing Mario Kart way too late with Zach. And then I was like, oh, I'll just pull an all day or that way. I'll get some sleep tonight. Never and works. No. And my 45 minute alarm, I guess, like just stopped beeping because I don't remember it ever going off. You I slept w- right through I it. woke up and, and saw 345. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to go to Stevens. <laughs> And it was at that point where I was texting Phil trying to figure out where he was at. Slacking. Uh, Charlie Smith, agree there. Still would add the drum book, Joff Nichols and the Drum, A History by Matt Dean to any drummer's reading list. And I think, like I said, most of these, because the last time I went looking for them, I think you can find all this stuff on Amazon. Um, Obviously, they started out as a bookseller, so they still have the book thing going on. So I think you can find either the digital or a hard copy version of most of the stuff we talked about. And if it's recognizable enough, like the ones he just mentioned, Amazon's probably the best place to do that. And I would there's probably stuff that I need to get because I'm sure by now there's some kind of Pearl Drum book out there. And I would I would venture to say if you went and looked, even if it was something that was made by them, Sabian has either put out a drum book or somebody has written a drum book about Sabian. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Istanbul. That's probably not old enough to uh, to have a book put out, but possibly I don't yeah. know. Um, I mean, they they are they are not the oldest, but they're no they're not brand new by any means as well. Uh, Richie says going to any shows. Uh, there's nothing close around here uh, for anything, and truthfully, I don't really have the. I guess the luxury to really go and watch anyone play because uh, I work the weekend night, so I'm generally just looking through Instagram, and if someone posts something like when these nerds are in Destin, I'm like, I'll see a little snippet from Amber or Dakota. But I don't think there's anything really moving yet as far as tours and I stuff think, like that. I think once we get that whatever they're building down here, I think – We'll get something. Oh, that universal music group, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that ever becomes a thing, I'm. But I've been looking around, and, it, and it, I can see people starting to look like they're starting to plan their tour dates because you'll see see stuff pop up for like February. Yeah. Um, but right now, at least for the summer, it's like you're gonna be watching, and I would imagine it's like this in most places. You're gonna be watching local bands or regional bands for a little while while these really big national acts like tool up and get ready to do their dips. Then they got to line up all the venues and get all the t- the tour gear together. So I would imagine it's going to be like way past the end of the summer before you really see any of that stuff start moving. Yeah. Um, Charlie goes, just book me a flight over and I'll fill that chair. Man, I wish I had the, if we were only sponsored like, 
Sounds like a drummer. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what he wants, like, we just need to book a flight for Charlie to come in, talk. We just need transportation expenses. You don't yeah. have to buy us anything. You don't have to provide us with gear. We just need transportation. We need to bring Mike. We need to bring Charlie. We need to bring Frank. We need to bring uh, Bygum. We need, like, so many guys that would be fun to fly in. And of course, we're stuck down here at, at the, the bottom. Yeah. Almost, literally <laughs> Farthest almost away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Richie goes, Steve Gadd uh, is going to New Orleans with Clapton. Put Ooh. Steve in the chair. I I would have to, like, sell my soul and then, like, my next three newborns for Steve Gadd, even remotely. Yeah, I'll come talk to a random podcast in Mississippi about drums with you guys. If, if, if for any reason, Gadd showed up. He's like, what's up, guys? But like, Gadd. Tell us about life, you know, and then just well, one proceed day. to have my mind melted in front of me. Well, one day, hopefully, if the casinos ever get back in gear, that would be the coolest part of the plan. At least would work for us being where we are. If good bands started coming through again, then you could get those drummers on the show, and that would be a lot of fun. That would be pretty much ultimate. Hey, Red Richmond, you got a moment? Yeah, man, come on. I mean... You're here playing at the uh, old crawfish festival we have going on every every April. Tell us what's the word, you know. And then and we've had good bands come through. I mean, Tower Power has come through here, so that's Dave Garibaldi. Um, we've had like Seal used to come to the Bow. Um, a bunch of R and B bands came to the Bow as well, like you know, big names. And so I think once they get back, that'll give us an option. But it doesn't seem like the casinos want to do anything at this point. No, it's like, just all DJs right now. Yeah, they're, and they're making their money. So what do they care? Yeah, you know. So, um, he said, "BB, so to check out Minel Symbols YouTube channel, Arik Importa Blur Lights in the Video Drum Drum Solo." Let me write that down. That's a that's a mouthful. <laughs> But that that I mean I, I I'm even though I don't play their stuff I'm subscribed to them on Instagram and they have uh they always put out good content as well they're one of the better ones for putting out videos where I think sometimes maybe not Zildjian because they have the Zildjian live but they're one of the better ones as far as putting out videos to see performances and stuff like that and not having to rely on like Memphis Drum Shop and, and you know just typical symbol demos. Yeah, and I like what they do is they'll have um, there are some guy demos their symbols, but they but the artist plays one of their tunes or something or yeah, yeah. or does like a cool solo or whatever, and it's and then afterwards I think then down he talks about whatever he's using and everything. You see their setups, and some of those guys have some very strange things they play. Um, there's one dude he's German and kind of blows my mind. He plays a canary yellow Tama kit. Yeah, uh, ten, twelve, fourteen, twenty. He plays jazz. Plays jazz on a bright yellow canary, Tama kid. Hey, he wants and to it stand sound, up. And it sounds so good. And it's, to me, he's like a German Erskine, like the way he plays. German Erskine. German Erskine. German Erskine. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the guy that plays the little 10-inch snare upside down sometimes? No, 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 no. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about... You know uh, who that... You know yeah, who I'm talking that, about? Okay. that dude is... is Insane. Yeah. he And I love, like, he's a large dude, and he just... 
has terrible postures hunched over, but he can play like a son of a gun. Yeah, he's, he, it's Meinl, right? That's yeah, what he, he yeah, Meinl. I forget. And he's a German guy. He plays sonar drums, and he makes yeah. Heavy Joe set, Joe. short guy with glasses. I can't remember his name. It's complicated, because it takes me forever to find him every time I want to watch him. I have to put, like, um, like... EDM drummer or whatever. Don't worry, Charlie's gonna come through with the answer here yeah. in a minute. But yeah, he's that dude is crazy. But in general, like I would, I would say you're pretty lucky if you're a minor player because if you want to know what minor sounds like, there's videos for everything, and it's yeah. stuff minor does, and it's stuff that the other like drum shops do. So they're the best one if you need to know, like, and you're not gonna be able to touch that symbol. Minor's the best way to go because they are just saturated with content all over the place tons <coughs> a lot of, and a lot of guys play their stuff with really good examples too they're all great because i was thinking about it the other night between what you've gotten and stuff that i've seen lately it's like i could totally i could totally go zildjian and and, and already know exactly what i want yeah like it wouldn't even be a question granted that's stupid because i just switched <laughs> and if i if, if anything to be honest with you if i were to switch i just i'd go not switch but i'd just go back to playing more sabian but I've been seeing those special dry hi-hats a lot, that special dry ride, those, um, the crash that you have that's like the ozone, what is it called? The one with the 700 million yeah, different the, names. Yeah, the 19-inch the uh, K-Custom special dry uh, trash yeah. crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I see guys on the minor side playing those, whatever those Byzances are that, like, the outer band is... Is brilliant, and then the inner band is... Oh, the duels. That's a new thing they did last year. Saw Calvin Rogers playing those hats the other day, and they sound killer. Those are sweet. That whole cymbal setup was sweet. Yeah, and then you've got, like, I think he just came out with a signature ride, and then all the regular signature stuff, and then you add the sticks that they're doing now on top of it. So, I mean, this is the best time to be... your position, Like, Istanbul, Sabian, Zildjian, Meinl. Like, I'm sorry if I didn't mention your favorite brand, but that's what I would consider... The big, the main four. Yeah. Not even really Peisty, because they just don't have that much of the market share anymore. Yeah. But Zildjian, Sabian, Istanbul, Meinl, like that's like, I don't want to hear anybody talk crap about anybody, because I, I could pick a setup out of any one of those brands, for sure. And be extremely happy. Oh, yeah. Um, Troy goes, DW's The Book of Plies is a fascinating read, too. I still think it's up as a free PDF online. That's cool. And I didn't even think about that, and that's definitely, there's a definitely enough history there and enough time has passed where there's going to be plenty of historical stuff about DW. Because you had the Camco stuff, and then whenever John and Dom bought uh, Camco, yeah, and then that the early years of DW, going from Keller Shells to their own stuff, mm -hmm. and there's a lot in there. And I know I was like watching those old factory videos, because... John goes through and talks about some of the custom machines they've had to make to yeah, yeah. do the stuff they do, and there's a lot of history and stuff. And all the guys that just play DW in general have a really close relationship with John. So if he, if John has any say or word in the book, then there's going to be a lot of guys in there talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a good. That's a good mention. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, he goes, "How far are you guys from Destin? I'm coming down in October for my cousin's wedding. This is Mike Malone. Really." We are two hours, 45 minutes away. So we are three hours away from Destin. Yeah. Let, let me know because, I mean, I play over there a lot, and if I'm over that way, we might just get lucky. I will totally put PTO in for a weekend. Let us know. 
um, send me an email with the dates that you're going to be down if you know yet. And uh, we'll see if we can get something figured out. You'll right. enjoy it either way. Destin's a good place to go. It's yeah. a good little smaller tourist area in Florida without having to hit like the bigger places where it's just going to be way too busy. You'll like Destin. I haven't been to, I went to Destin once. It's cool, man. And I was I there. Mean, and I was inside at a doctor's office for all day. Yeah. I literally slept in the office, slept in the office too. Woke up, then drove someone back after they had surgery. And that's all I did. Ouch. That was all my that was my destined experience. It's well, we'll get you over there because I'm over there now. <laughs> um, we'll get you over there at some point. What is the other day you typically have off? Just right now, Thursday and Sundays. Only Thursdays. Okay. We'll see. Maybe I get a gig at the hangout on Thursday, and you can come over that direction. Uh, the, that was in Orange Beach. Oh yeah, true. I mean, it's once you hit. Orange Beach, it's just a string of little cities until you get to Panama City and everything in between, you know. Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, Pensacola, Destin, Panama City. That's like the whole upper panhandle of Florida. So it's just like a string. It's just like here, Pass Christian, Gulfport, Biloxi, Ocean Spring. It's the same kind of feeling. We got, Richie says, uh, Arik. And Proto, like the guy that does backflips from kit to kit, that guy's nuts. Oh, okay. I don't know. I got to look out who this is. I don't recall any backflip. You never seen the dude? He'll like stand on the kick or something and do a backflip into the drum set and start playing. You never seen that video? Is he the guy that has like all like the Mandela stuff on his drum heads? I don't remember. I just has long hair, plays like metal stuff, like real aggressive guy. I don't think so. And it might not be the different. It might be a different guy then. Trust oh. me, if you if you saw it, you'd know because you'd remember the the backflip for sure. Um, Richie goes. I was gonna say gigs resuming Biloxi. Grab those drummers and chatty chat. Oh, for sure. If we can sling it, we'll definitely will. Oh, for sure. Charlie goes. Benny grab. Not Benny grab. This guy looks like me, but like in his forties, and he plays very short, heavy set guy. Yeah, and he plays the snot out of anything electric. Like makes. Kind of makes JoJo Mayer look kind of bad at times. No, he would be what I would consider, like, as far as what I've seen personally, that would be the best example of a breakbeat drummer. Like, he's got that down. Like, JoJo Mayer is JoJo Mayer, but this guy is like a freaking drum machine. Like, double high, like the double high hat splits, super clean. His foot does whatever he wants it to do. The most perfect doubles to where it literally sounds like it's a metronome going off. Like, yeah, it's nasty. And he'll, t- he'll take that little 10-inch snare and it might not even be turned over. He might have just put a coated on the snare side, and he plays it wires up, and will do that kind of thing where he rakes across the wires while he's playing. It's super interesting. Um, that guy is killer to watch, and he always has an awesome setup. Like he's always in a like a modern German, like in a really neat artistic looking room. Yeah, because it's him a piano player and then upright bass player. Yeah, and they're doing like weird off time modern jazz. Like it's it's heavy stuff. It's Really, 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 really good. And he's like got a it. very obviously German name, like something, something. It's like Halala. Yeah, it's like four words. <laughs> yeah. You know, ten syllables a piece. Um, God, like I remember last time I looked it up, it took me like thirty minutes to hear. I uh, typically don't do this because I don't like to turn the Wi-Fi on because <laughs> I don't want it to uh, slow it down. I don't want it to slow the stream down, but I will try. I want to say his name is. Uh, BB tells Richie, yep, that particular 45 solo is insane. Uh, just try watching it once. Incredibly creative drummer. And then he corrects me, goes, it's pronounced Eric. 
Um, I know there's a local chiropractor that played with Zappa. Get him in the chair. We have really? a we have a chiropractor that played with Zappa. Here. That's I don't crazy. know that. Um, El Champa Chuito. Do you see the chat? I see the chat. El Campo, right? Did I say that right? Yeah. El Campo Chieto, yeah. I'm here, my man. Reading all this jazz off right now in front. Who ever played with Zappa? I don't know. Let us know, Richie. If you know if you know somebody around here that that's played wild. with Zappa, I'll, that's mm. um um Yeah, on the coast. We at Richie, we're at Dingus. Tell us this is Yeah, I can't find it here. Because I'm a I'm a big Zappa fan, so I'm not. I respect the Zappa. I respect the Vinnie Coyota. I respect the obviously um Bose Hill. Uh, yeah, Bozio with his monster drum set, but this never was a Zappa fan. Richie's looking it up right now. Ah, okay. Be right back. <laughs> Look it up. Be right back. <laughs> all right, well, guess what? We're all on you know, the wait line for Richie, because I don't know if you guys want to know about this. I definitely do, because this is interesting. We are we are just like little pockets of fun stuff down here. Like We do. We have like small little golden nuggets. Nothing large. Like um, there's a dude at work I was talking to. And he asked me something like if I did music or anything. And I was like, yeah. And he was telling me, he was like, oh, I remember going to go see. Um, and he named off all the dudes by their first names. I'm like, who are these guys you're talking about? And he's like, oh. He's like, how old are you? I'm like, 26. He's like, do you remember Three Doors Down? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I used to help them run sound back in the day. I was like, that's neat. And he told me, you know, them being in the beginning. He's like, yeah. He's like, I thought they kind of sucked for a second, but he's like, oh, so I'm a big thrash guy. I was like, well, that makes sense. You're not, these guys don't play thrash metal. You know, he was just talking about like, something like, this is cool. You know, like, yeah. So this guy just used to run sound for him, sent across from me in a honey bun. Oddly enough, enough, um, my optometrist from a child, his son was the original bass player for Three Doors Down. And when we used to, 10 years ago, do those, Tuesday night jams at the Julep Room, the bass player for Three Doors Down used to come in and jam with us. Worst bass player in history. Like, literally, he fretted the bass with the index finger alone. So he was just like, do 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 Never used any... The other three That's fingers. all he... And he, he, he knew, like, you know, very simple stuff. So if you could do, like, a simple tune, he was with you. Worst, huge band <laughs> at the time... Top of the rock charts at the time. Worst bass player ever worked with in my life. And I think he's in prison now. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I know that the original drummer, he uh, he might still be working at Ocean Springs Hospital. Um, Richie? I think that's his name. Mom told me about him because he asked if, because my mom did stuff up there and I played music and stuff at the hospital a couple of times. And he's, he told mom, he's, I remember... Like I was kind of giving an ultimatum. It's like, well, the band's kind of doing things, but not really. Or I could go to college. He's like, so I went to college. If it's who I'm thinking of, the guy's name is Richie, and he was a really good drummer. They went to people left and right. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you don't know, you should know who they are. Even if you're from not this country, you should have heard of Three Doors Down. Yeah. Not a huge fan of the band, but Same. they are from here. There are local, I guess, rock and roll claim to fame. Yeah, there are version of the beach boys yeah <laughs> that's a horrible version to have yeah they're, they're you can have the beach boys or you can have three doors down 
We have three doors down. <laughs> we have three doors down. If I go crazy, well, then you still call me Dupe Man. Which I'm actually watching right now. It's funny that you mentioned the Beach Boys. I'm watching that Wrecking Crew documentary, which is the Wrecking Crew was the band in L.A. that did all of like, it's like, it's kind of like the Funk Brothers with Motown. Like they, they did, did all of the recordings, the Beach Boys being the most recognizable and then the drummer being Hal, Hal Blaine. Blaine. Yeah. So if you don't know anything about Hal Blaine, go look him up crazy list of like recordings that he's done but i'm right in the middle of that right now and it's really good and i i'm pretty sure how blaine's still alive but either way he's alive when they shot this documentary so he's like literally on camera carol k the bass player is on camera it's a really good documentary i'm enjoying it so much right now and i'm not that big of a fan of the beach boys or the monkeys or yeah. like anything that would be considered like 1950s california music not really my thing we talk about the the surfer beat, which is terrible. Um, now, there's a there's an interview I watched with Hal Blaine, and I forgot what tune it is. It might be "Hurt Through the Grapevine." I can't remember which one it is, but there's some tune he was playing on, and he dropped his stick and he doubled the bass drum part by accident. And they just like that sounds way better. Keep that in. He was well, like, that's what they were talking about when I turned it off last night. It was like, in most cases, the band, not the not the writer of the song or the musical director. The band came up with the arrangements for the song. You gave them the key and all that. Yeah. But they would actually come up with the arrangements, um, which it's just funny to watch stuff like that because obviously, like, Hal Blaine, huge name in drumming. Carol Kay, huge, huge name, name in, in bass, bass playing. playing. But how they used to do it as opposed to how we do it now, which I would say we've taken a step back with click tracks and everything is separate. The band's never in the room at the same... I, I, I get separating maybe the vocalist from the band, but I'm such a proponent of the band needs to be in the room together. Yeah, I don't like the whole isolated part. Like it's, it's it's too sterile, and you can hear it in the recordings. You can tell when it's like, oh, this was tracked individually. They were playing to a click. This band was all in the room at the same time. There's something to be said for that. There's more magic, I believe. That, oh, for th sure. That, that happens. I think because you get a better energy with everyone playing. I think you just get a, a better recording. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about your bleed or your phasing. It's nah. like, just be a better engineer at that point. It's like you should be well, able plus to. Plus, you can get a good recording. Like it doesn't have to be industry perfect, perfectly quantized. Like it doesn't have to be. Um, so I would always lean toward the band side as opposed to that sterile, you know, isolated track style. Yeah. Um, ooh, I pressed the wrong thing. Um, El Compa says, "Do you guys know about?" Huapangos. I have no idea what that is. I'm learning a lot of shit. Today. Write it down, and we'll have to do some research after, you know, in our, in our little post-show hangout. Or let us know in the chat. Give us a, a description. But, yeah, we'll have to Yeah, what is that? Yeah, what is... Let us know down in the chat, because um, otherwise we'll just have to go look it up once we get off stream here uh, in a little bit. And then he said, uh, Arthur Tripp is the dude's name. Ooh. I am... Unfamiliar with that name, but we'll, I'll look into it. Troy Smith, Be My Baby, maybe the most famous intro ever played. Yes, that's it. Be My Baby. Be My, Be My, Be My Little Baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have a, a, a good career ahead of us in, uh, in singing, for sure. Uh, Richie says, I always love following Leland Sklar for that reason. Old stories. Killer bass player. Oh, because he's the guy that plays... Uh, the bearded guy. Yeah, he's the one that played for... 
Christ. Um, doom, 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 doom. Um, Phil Collins. Yeah, yeah. 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 I looked like I can see that the bass player's face. Um, yeah, I love his those videos he does. If anyone's never watched Leland Scar, he's um one of the well members of Phil Collins' band since I don't know how long he's been with Phil for long time. Like but I, just in uh, in general, a super famous because he's played with so many freaking people. It's not even funny. And he did a thing during quarantine when it first started on YouTube. That's right. And he would talk about a certain track or something that someone requested, and then he would play it for them with like you know the music behind it. But he's playing the actual bass part. And I guess he can't get flagged since he wrote the part, so I guess it's fine. I don't know how it all worked out. I yeah. know I know that he had some issues at one point. Some folks were, like, flaming him or something, or I don't remember what it was. And he got, like, real upset. Um, he's like, I'm just trying to, you know, come out here, have fun, and show the music I've spent years playing with a good friend That's of mine, what it was. Phil. I've heard uh, Rick Beato talk about that. I've heard Rick Beato in one of his videos, I think, talk about Leland Scar getting flagged for stuff that he played on. Yeah. Which is, you know, and I've, I've thought about that several times when dealing with, like, uploading stuff to YouTube. That, yeah, you could, you could literally be an artist. It could be your song, and it could still get flagged if you do anything with it on YouTube, if you're not the one holding the rights to it. Yeah, which is wild. Please come in. Um, Charlie Smith says, you should form a vocal deal called the Burdettes. We could be the <laughs> we could be the birdettes. Do some do some doo wop. I'm pretty sure nobody would want to see that. We would have well, not that they would want to see it. Nobody would want to hear that. Hey, I tell everyone this. There's a scene for it in Japan. Richie can Richie can do it. <laughs> have you heard Japan noise rock? Very niche. Well, very like cool. you were talking about earlier. Um, there was a band from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, literally named Biloxi. And they had regional success here in the States. Absolutely huge in Japan at the time. This would have been like, probably like in the 90s. Whatever here, played the Crawfish Festival. Huge following in Japan. The Bambaluxi. So yeah, there's a niche for anything, anywhere really. Like you can find whatever you're looking for very specifically, for sure. I know that the post-core scene and the straight-edge scene is super big in Japan, and that died out here in like yeah, two thousand and yeah, like two thousand, like whenever beatdown became cool. Um, let's see, Richie Henry, any good Dom from Morales stories? I have a Dom from Morales story. So, yeah. Probably 10 years ago, Magnolia Music bought the big Sabian like package at the time. Yeah. You got, you know, that table in my workshop, the nice red table? Yeah. That is those racks. <laughs> like you bought the, the big symbol racks with the trees on the side and the centerpiece where all the boxed up sets go and all the symbols are stacked on the sides. It's like a big, you know, and obviously you're buying the symbols to fill this whole thing up. Yeah. And then what? Probably another $500 or so for the rack system. And I think that was the deal at the time through KMC or whoever the Sabian dealer was. You buy this big package, the whole Sabian lineup, the big rack and trees, and you get a free clinic. And I, at the time, they probably maybe had two or three clinicians on staff. So they picked Dom Famulara. And I, at the at the time, 
had seen one video from like a NAM show where it was a video from the Sabian booth where Dom Famular, because he's big Sabian endorser, was showing off, not even showing off Sabian symbols, but just doing a performance spotlight using Sabian. So I kind of knew who he was. Well, that's who they picked for their free clinic. They lined everything up. They got the date in. You know, we got the list in from Dom that, you know, he he's a Mapex endorser. He's a Sabian endorser. He's got to have Mapex, and he's got to have Sabian. Um, DJ Triplet, who was a good drummer from around here and was a customer of that store, had a nice Mapex Saturn. Yeah. So he provided the drum set. We put brand new Evans heads on the whole kit for him. We're a Sabian dealer, and we had just bought all these symbols, so we had all of the Sabian stuff. Only thing he brought in, because if you ever watch a video of Dom Famularo, his hi-hat is maybe that far above his snare drum, because he plays open-handed. So there's no need for his hi-hat to be up high. Like He literally plays the hi-hats almost the same height as the snare drum. And when he flies around the country, he flies with a little suitcase, and it's got a set of original Camco double bass drum pedals, from like the 70s or 80s that he won't get rid of. Yeah. And he'll tell you the story at length <laughs> about why, how he got, and why he will not get rid of these Cambico pedals. And in that same case, he keeps a the top tube on a hi-hat mm-hmm. where you adjust the height that's cut down to like literally that long. So he can get, so he can put it on any hi-hat and get the height right. So he can't, he come, that's the only thing he was bringing. We provided the kit with brand new heads and all these Sabian symbols. He plays, and if you go to a video of Dom Famular, like even modern stuff, like recent, he plays like three splashes, two or three crashes, that crazy china that's right like 90 degrees over his floor tom, hi-hats, maybe another crash, like a bunch of symbols. So we didn't have enough uh, pearl symbol stands or rather, we didn't have enough of the Mapex symbol stands that the kid brought with his kit, so we had to put pearls in there. And he came up and he's like, "Okay, I understand that you know you you need more symbol stands because I use a lot of stuff." He's like, "Can you at least take the pearl tags off of the stands so it doesn't look like I'm endorsing pearl?" I'm like, "No problem." So we get him all set up. Well, even, take a step back before he ever gets there. I'm at the store and he's flying in to B- uh, Gulfport International. Yeah, and Tony mentions like blah blah and of course my hand immediately goes up I'm like can I go pick him up please and Pat's there and he's like let us go pick like we're both basically like kids like please let us go pick him up Tony's like all right go pick him up so we go we get in my car Pat and I go grab him from the uh from the airport on the way back there was this little coffee shop it's like the drive-up style one side on you know one way and the other side coming back the other way and we pull up and I'm like you know Dom you know do you want any any coffee and he's like no, I don't drink coffee. I don't. I've got natural energy, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I ordered whatever I ordered, and Pat got a whatever he got, and Dom Famular's in the back, and we're waiting on the coffee to get made. I'm like, are you sure that there's you know nothing that I can get you? And he's like, you know what, juice box. The dude who at the time had to be 60 years old just starts yelling, juice box, juice box, and the girl's sticking her head out of the window, and he's like. Juice box! And she's like, uh, we have have apple. He's like, apple juice! Juice box! And like, Pat's looking at me, and this dude (laughs) literally has like, Dom Famularo has more natural energy in his system at 60 whatever he is than you and I have fully caffeinated on coffee. (laughs) Like, from that moment, he was kind of quiet in the back seat. 
We got to the coffee shop and the juice box incident started and he opened up. We got to the store and he is just like shaking hands left and right. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, can we get these pearl tags taken off the symbol stand so it doesn't look like I'm endorsing anything other than Mapex? And he's just like wired. And it was like that the entire time until he left. We had the, the clinic. We hung out afterwards. We went to Ruby to- Chili's or Ruby Tuesdays afterwards with him. At the table, he's like yelling like the most animated guy. And to this day, and Pat, if he ever sees this, <laughs> he and I will both have the singular memory of Dom Famularo is great drummer. No. Great speaker. No. Juice box. Juice box. I was I was just floored at <laughs> how much energy that dude had. And granted, I was lucky enough. I've got a, a head that I got signed by him years ago. It hangs on the wall in this house. And if I ever see him again, I'll scream juice box at him. And he'll probably think I'm a crazy person. Or he might remember it, but like, juice box. 2005, Biloxi, Mississippi, Magnolia Music. Yeah, yeah, juice yeah. Box. Juice box. Juice box. <laughs> that would be awesome. No. Uh, I would pray for something. He probably would look at me like I'm a crazy person. But that's my Dom Pomularo story. Uh, BB Photo says that Charlie Smith LOL new YouTube channel coming soon bearded drums and drag <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can have as long as we have the beehive haircuts that's all that matters that's right um, she says playing instruments that's still popular here yeah but girl idol groups are still big and competing with K-pop groups uh oh but since land is expensive here and businesses are stacked mostly in each other when bars have live music, it's often drumless. There are no cover bands here outside of weddings. That's wow, wild. That's that's a downer for he goes, sure. He goes, live houses or live maybe it might be live houses are the only places you can see full live bands and zone jazz clubs since they're quieter. Interesting. That's very interesting. But it makes sense that they're that tightly packed on top of each other. It's probably a lot harder. Yeah. Uh, then Frank says, hey, guys, sorry to be late. I went out and did a little fishing after dinner. Nice. Jealous, because I am the, the local fisherman of our friend group. I am the only fisherman of our, of our friend group. I don't think anyone else. Yeah. I ran supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Drop my, right. my boots and rods and tackle. <laughs> and what do you do when you uh, go fishing? Kayak. That's right. It. Yeah, playing drums, getting fish, hold tight. Playing drums and kicking ass on Call of Duty. That's 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 the name of my game, and that's all I've been. Now that I've been doing what you call two a days, um, that's what I've started. Even has gotten even worse in my late night habit. Like I get back from Rachel's, I sit down, short Call of Duty, very short. Just get warmed up, a little bit of anger going. You know, make some people cry. Get off. Hour on the practice pad. Back to Call of Duty. I'm a little bit more limber. The hands are moving. More people are crying. I'm getting accused of cheating. Back to the pad. Go to sleep. So it's working. I noticed last night I was like, okay, try this. Oh, yeah? Okay. What about this? Oh, look at me now, Jared. Who who knows how to grit out those pear diddle diddles? I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're over here. Now we're over there. So, yes, the two days will continue, at least for the... What did I set the date at? August 1st? It's August 1st. That's uh, We're calling this the summer of rebuilding. I will come out better, faster, stronger. <laughs> I got um, some sad news about on my end about that. Mom got a new job, which I'm very thankful for, but she now works from home. 
Ooh. which means that I can't at at this point in time get behind the kit yeah. to practice. No random drumming at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, um, before I go to work, mom's on the phone doing things, and I can't be up there going. <laughs> so I'm going to have to be doing um, uh, the old swap Rooney getting because uh, I only have. I don't know if it just has to buy more heads. I don't want to. Well, Pacific Music has the heads probably. Because um, I have those silent strokes. Uh, I have 10, 14, 14, 20. Um, but I don't have any kits. I really want to pull the heads off to put those on. Um, so I'm going to get that crappy CB kit from Taylor's house. Yeah. Bring that to my house. Make it the silent Make kit. Make it the silent Because I have those L80s. So I can practice. So I'm going to get that swapped over. Practice that whenever mom's... At home, because all you hear is a little, you know. So you guys even hear it's how quiet it is upstairs. But if I'm home, it's loud, and I don't. I get off around two or three now, so yeah. I get at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. She's getting ready to do whatever, and I'm on a practice pad upstairs, like banging away like Tito Porte. <laughs> you know, but before I go to work, I don't want to do that. I want to build an actual kit. That's right. So I gotta, do, I gotta figure out what to do with my old. Uh, Whole practice routine because it's been a been a cog, is now stuck, not greased up. Got a stick in there. Got to got to figure it out. It'll happen. You'll get it switched over. Get back into a, a good routine. Let's see. Uh, Frank says I'll catch up. I'll catch the rerun on your tube tomorrow. Not sure if you got the pictures of the flat ride. We did, Frank. We got the pictures of the flat ride. Yeah, we did. We went into it deep dive. We pulled out two reference materials. No answers yet, but yeah, you can catch it on the replay while we did that whole uh, segment. We did get the photos; they did come through in the email, so everything went well there. So yeah. And then Charlie, if you're still here, uh, check that out and how uh, from earlier. Uh, Frank sent us in. Uh, I thought it was an EAK flat ride, um, but we don't believe it is. It's very confusing. Uh, I know you you are a little more well versed with the older stuff than I am. That's why I get kind of hung up, especially the 80s era. Always throws me off. Oh, yeah, and y'all are the Zildjian guys. I don't even know what you mean when you say E-A-K. I can't remember what it stands for. <laughs> like early American K or something? I believe, yes, because, um, oh, my God. I'm blanking. I'm so tired. There's, I don't want to tell you wrong. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of Charlie right now either. Anyway, we need your help, Charlie. Yeah. You can go back on the replay and see what we're talking about as far as identifying his EAK possible flat ride. Yeah. Yeah, Frank, yeah, early American K. Yeah, thank you. Nice, thanks. It's been a day. It has been a day. It's been a, it's been a week, it's been a month. It's been a year. I'm already I'm not even halfway, halfway. I know. We're like almost halfway. Almost? Um, Mike says, my girlfriend works from home, literally directly above my drum set, so I use the super pads and L-80s while teaching and practicing. Yeah, I have a set, and we were trying to do some like really low-volume stuff at Taylor's house because of his dogs, but didn't work out, so now i am got the old Avitas at his place, and uh, it's wild. Oh, Charlie says, I'll have to look into it for you, and EAK is early American K, made 78 to 81. Uh, this might be mid '80s, Charlie, because the K is on the bottom. And he what is a I fountain of knowledge. Charlie is. Charlie makes us look bad. Charlie, you need to write a book, my friend. He's already got a paper done. But yep. you need a book. I mean, you've got you, you know how to do it. So, put a book out and the inclusive, all ever knowing guide to drums, symbols, vintage, modern brands, everything. 
what's that country song? So Charlie, write this down. Make a little <laughs> <God>. book. <laughs> Back to the comments, please. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. <laughs> well, that gets us right at the two-hour mark. So thank you guys for keeping it lively in the chat as usual. We appreciate it on these slower days when we were expecting a guest on and we you know, kind of ran out there. But to touch on it again, because if Frank, uh, you might not have seen, or anybody that came in late, um, we do have the stickers have arrived. So again, if you see your name up on this screen right now, you need to email me your mailing address at beardeddrums at gmail.com and I can get your sticker sent out to you. So anybody on this list, if you haven't already sent me your mailing address, do that so I can start, like next week, I'm going to start getting these out there. Um, and as usual, thank you to all the Legacy members for helping us out, producing content for this show, sending in their uh, submissions every week, keeping it lively in the chat. And just to remind you, uh, just in case we didn't show it for the earlier, for the later arrivals, like I said, the stickers have arrived. So we're going to be getting those out uh, as usual. And I'll, I'll do that starting next week. Um, now, as usual, please do keep in mind that we do the audio version of this podcast only on all of the major platforms, so you can catch it there. Simply search Bearded Drums. And again, guys, thank you for helping keeping it lively today. hope we got everybody's questions answered. And remember to send in pictures of your symbols, your drum kit, something you're working on. Send that in for next week's show so we can get it featured on the live stream. Jared, anything before we get out of here? No interesting, knowledgeable quote to drop on us this week from an American pop icon. Um, you usually have a, a gem from Big Pun or, uh, you know, Missy Elliott. Something to drop on us. Do you not have one for us this I week? Guess, it's okay if you don't. Well, I guess, uh, you know, considering, you know, since Phil and Hugh aren't here, I guess in the great words of the immortal um, Biggie Smalls, I guess you heard about the story, the rap side, the crack side, and how I smoke funk and smack women on their backsides. <laughs> very, very nice. Again, from both of us, thank you guys for hanging out with us as usual. Jared, take us out so we can go play some hi-hats. And as always, we'll see you on the next one. Later, guys.